The Money Show. Shapeshifters. I'm curious as to how a woman who lived in a homeless shelter with three children went on to create a business that enabled her to become Britain's Businesswoman of the Year in 2019. She also has been given by the Queen of England an OBE, Order of the British Empire. It's a big award. They don't just hand them out like smarties. It's a very, very significant award. Um, And she also is the owner of a wine farm, well, a wine property, because it's not really a farm. It's, it's so situated on the edge of a massive lagoon outside Her- Hermanus. It's called the Benguela Cove Lagoon Wine Estate. Her name is Penny Streeter. She's an entrepreneur. She's also the founder of the A24 Group. Take me back as far as you like on this one, Penny, in terms of how you ended up in a homeless shelter and how you ended up getting yourself out of the homeless shelter into an extraordinary entrepreneurial career. Hi, Bruce. Good evening. Um, I suppose for me, it's all about tenacity and, um, you know, having, I, I've always put sort of my, my, I suppose, my luck, my success to growing up in Southern Africa and, you know, finding myself at really the age of 18 in, in the UK. And I set up my own business alongside my mother and another colleague. And it was very, very poor timing for us. It went sort of it went. It was the sort of start of the '80s housing crash, and boom, and we sort of lost everything. We and at that point, we had sort of hopped ourselves up to the hilt, gone out, got bank loans for as much as we could, and hey, presto, the business went bust. And for me, that was the beginning. I think of you know an understanding of business and entrepreneurship, and you know, I sort of sort of at that point came back to South Africa. I was working um, alongside my sister in a cabaret restaurant in Alberton called Stars um, back in, I think it was about 92, 93. And, you know, it was quite a sort of difficult time, obviously, in South Africa, as everyone knows. And my sort of marriage at that time collapsed and I ended up going back with my two children, pregnant with my third, to the UK. Um, My daughter had had meningitis and was quite sick and my marriage sort of collapsed. And I ended up living in a homeless accommodation. So you couldn't have sort of hit more rock bottom. And I sat there and looked at these three children and thought, you know, my goodness, if I don't sort of get off my bum and do something, um, how are these kids ever going to have some sort of life? And that was the sort of driver. Um, And for me, a friend who I went to school with in Alberton, um, her husband lent me a corner of her office. They were in the UK. They lent me a corner of their office and... I set up my business and literally because we had no money, I was working as a children's DJ at the weekends and so was my mother. And that was how we funded the business. Literally, we would do a disco and place an advert and we started as a rec- we started our recruitment business. Um, what, what was, it wasn't before, easy. Before, before we make progress mm. on here, because the story is mm. so good, um, what was the business that failed? Before that, that first business. It was a, rec- it was a recruitment okay. business. It was a recruitment business. So um, we had both been, both my mother and I had been working in recruitment and we were successful at it and so successful. In fact, our boss fired us and said, look, you're earning too much money, you're fired. And that was <laughs> the sort of catalyst for us to set up. <laughs> Uh, and it's tragic that that happened and you've you, you had some terribly hard knocks. But that ability 
to to pull your yourself back to yourself and uh, I'm sure I'm sure incredibly difficult circumstances critically with help from good friends um and yeah. I, I think you know without that it would have been much much harder but getting that corner the corner of the office not the corner office um and then also doing the weekend work and and actually grafting like probably you've never grafted in your life before um shows exactly. an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of tenacity and courage and extraordinary resilience. What gave you the energy other than the fact that you were just petrified of letting your kids down? I think that was the main driver for me. Um, I, I grew up in Zimbabwe and, you know, I'd had a great childhood and, you know, moved across to South Africa and my, suddenly I saw my kids going the complete reverse. So that for me was the biggest driver. I knew that there was a better life out there. And, you know, like I say, if I didn't do something about it, nobody else was going to do it for me. And then you start the business, A24 Group. This is on the mm. second round, medical staffing business. Um, and that happens with, with you and your mum in 1996. Take me through the growth path there because it seems to have been quite extraordinary to the point where um, you are awarded an OBE for, for services, I, I want to say to commerce, but it's to enterprise, services to enterprise. Yeah, well, we set up our business, like you said, in 1996. And um, it was our second one. Um, and, you know, we undeterred by the failures, we sort of carried on. Um, and we sort of, we, we looked at, um, we, we fell into nursing agencies. So we were looking at the care business. And what we very quickly realized is that our competitors opened their doors at nine and they closed them at five o'clock. And that was it. But the hospitals and nursing home mm. sector actually operates around the clock. They're effectively hotels where nobody ever leaves or goes out. And we became the first 24-7 nursing business in the UK, providing these hospitals and care homes. And sort of our mantra at the time was you can get a pizza sort of pretty much at any time of the day or night, but you couldn't get a nurse if you needed one. Um, and we literally grew like Topsy as a result of this. We, you know, we, we worked around the clock at the time. I was the, I was the 24 hours. So, you know, I used to take phone calls throughout the night, um, you know, speaking to nurses, speaking to hospitals, and literally the business grew and grew. And I think the first recognition that I had that we were a fast growth business was at the time they had a thing called the Sunday Times Fast Track in the UK. And they rang me up and they said, do you realise that you're the fastest growing company, not only sort of in England, but in the whole entire sort of of England of small businesses. And I think we'd grown something like 238% in our, on our annual growth. So it was absolutely immense. And we just carried on like that. And I mean, I think my OBE sort of really came along because, you know, there's very few of us women in businesses. And, you know, I was... You know, we're even in the UK, there's only a handful of very, very successful women um, who are out there and sort of, you know, growing exceptionally large businesses. And ours literally went from zero um, to 50, 60 million sort of in a matter of a few years. Uh, it's an astonishing story. Uh, are you still invested in A24 or have you left that behind? No, no, I haven't left it behind. Um, it's still very active in the UK. Um, I don't operate it myself, although, you know, I still own the business. Um, I, we also have nursing services and Ambition 24 Hours here in South Africa. I launched them here. 
And those are the businesses that I run to, together with um, my hospitality business, Benguela Cove, that you've mentioned. I want to get on to Benguela Cove in just a moment. I mean, we've got a, a health crisis in South Africa. We're always short of great talent. Is it your fault that it, all the great talent disappears uh, into other <laughs> markets, more lucrative markets? Certainly, it's a, it's a highly transportable profession, isn't it? Yeah, no, c- completely the reverse. Um, you know, although we, we operate nursing agencies in the UK, we are completely opposed to, you know, ethically opposed to taking staff from from countries like South Africa. It's quite the reverse. You know, we are on the front line here providing the, the government hospitals here and can see firsthand the terrible shortages of staff. So we certainly don't support poaching or recruitment of staff from South Africa. But the opportunities are huge for people with medical qualifications, though, to to make the move should they choose to do so. Yeah, um, well, absolutely. I mean, it's a transportable skill worldwide. I mean, remember, there's a shortage of medical staff in almost every country in the world. So, you know, certainly if you you're qualified um, in the healthcare industry, then you've got transportable skills. Absolutely right. More with Penny Streeter, OBE, uh, the founder and owner of A24 Group and the owner of Benguela Cove Lagoon Wine Estate. It's an enormous estate on the Bot River Lagoon. We'll talk to her about that, how that happened and uh, the astonishing ambition of that estate in a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Tonight, the amazing story of Penny Streeter, OBE, the founder of a, the A24 Group, a medical staffing agency created with her mother in 1996. It's worth tens of millions of pounds, and some of that money has been invested into a place called Benguela Cove Wine Estate. If you're driving from Cape Town and you um, go towards Hermanus, you'll pass a golf estate called Arabella, and just before you get to Hermanus on the right-hand side, you will see a very grand entrance to Benguela Cove Lagoon Wine Estate. When did that little dream begin to uh, grow in your brain, Penny? Um, I think the start of Benguela Co for me was firstly um, when I purchased a property here in 2010. Um, My husband's a boating enthusiast and always looking for somewhere to launch his boat and be on the water. And he came across Benguela Cove and, you know, brought me down here. Um, As soon as I saw the estate, I immediately fell in love with it. It's, as you said, it's a... It's not just a wine estate, it's also an, a residential estate which sort of houses hug around the sort of waterfront. And, yeah, as soon as I, I saw the place, I fell in love with it and we bought a home here. Um, it was in 2013 um, that I actually acquired the whole estate from, from the then developer at the time. Um, so, so, yeah, 20, December 2013. What possessed you? I mean, it's an enormous, <laughs> it's an enormous investment, and um, at a time, I mean, we hadn't yet really understood state capture yet. But South Africa, the wheels were beginning to come off a little bit during the Zuma years. Things weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. What made you buy this enormous piece of ground in in quite a windswept part of the world? Um, Look, I mean, I think, you know, in terms of the South African, you know, the outlook of South Africa, I'm one of those ultra positive people. I'd already invested extensively here by opening opening all our call centre operations in Belleville. So I'd already made a massive investment into the country, back investment into the country. Um, Like I say, I had the house here 
um, and the opportunity arose. And at the time, I perhaps didn't realise what I, what I was taking on, although I knew there were vineyards here. I didn't have really a clue of the extent of vineyards or really the extent of the development. I was just, you know, absorbed by the whole beauty of the place and thought it was something that I could do. It was very different to the cutthroat cut and thrust of recruitment. So, yeah, I ended up headlong in wine. And I recall sitting there with a group of winemakers and the farm manager at the time who said to me, you know, I said, you know, I don't think this is too difficult. And they said, too difficult. This is a massive undertaking. This is a huge farm. Um, you know, it's got over 70 hectares of vines here. And, you know, it's, it's a massive undertaking for someone who doesn't know anything about the wine business. And I said, what would you suggest? And they said, sell off every grape and never put one in a bottle. So I went and did the complete reverse of everything that has always been sort of advised to me. And yeah, here we are today. I mean, it's a spectacular place and I don't regret it for one minute. I think it's a GT Ferreira quote. You'll you'll know him from Tokara, of course, in the hell's of the past. <laughs> how, do you make, how do you make a small fortune in the wine industry? Start with a big one. Um, have you found that... <laughs> And in the decade that you've owned Benguela Cove, have you found that to be true? Look, it certainly is. It's a challenging business and, you know, it's not one for wimps. But, you know, we've made incredible investments here. But ultimately, you know, the investment in Benguela Cove took me back to my home market in the UK because I wanted to create um, a South African-style wine experience there, really, to create a cellar door for Benguela Cove, which is what I've done in the UK. So... I think it's been an amazing, it's been an amazing thing. And, you know, when you've got an estate which produces such exceptional cool climate wines and is such an amazing place to live, then, you know, I don't think this is a bad investment at all. Uh, a couple of things you've said that I just need to check up on. You, you've mm. built, you built your call centre in Belleville. So the call centre for the A24 group um, sits in Belleville. So you used to sit in London and take the calls 24 hours a day yourself um you chose to set up the call center for the a24 group in belleville so anybody who needs a nursing placement at two o'clock in the morning phones a number 0800 uk uh, it gets diverted to cape town and somebody answers it here absolutely so um chelsea and westminster hospital require a nurse in london it routes through to belleville and a south african chats to them goes onto our database and directs them to their shift. Go past the dog and fox or whatever it is. And yeah, how, it's how many been people, very, very successful for us. How many people in that um, call centre? About 250. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 you're astounding me consistently and congratulations because I'm not easily astounded, Penny. Um, the, the property <laughs> then, you buy Benguela Cove in, in, in uh, you buy a property in Benguela Cove in 2010, taken, I'm sure, by World Cup fever. 2013, you buy the whole Bang Shoot, which is, it's a residential estate. It's a wine estate. It's got a hotel on the property. This is a, a, a considerable investment. Um, and, and there's quite a lot of property still available on it. And I don't think that the economy has helped you particularly much in terms of uh, assisting with the sale of land and with the development of properties because it's quite sparsely populated, which is lovely for people living there now. Um, but it feels like quite a tough ask as well in the current climate. Yeah, look, it's a, it, it's only got 124 urban here. Over half of them are sold. Um, and it is a low-density estate anyway. 
But, yeah, it has. Look, you're completely correct. I mean, who foresaw all the things that were going to come, you know, going to happen? I mean, we had day zero. We've had almost everything thrown at us for COVID and so forth. So it's not great. Um, but, you know, inquiries are, I think what's happened is post-COVID, you know, like all of us have, we was, we sat at home and people started to reevaluate what they want. They don't need to necessarily work in the office anymore. They don't want to be in the rat race. They want to be in a more beautiful place. In fact, they want to be where they used to go on holiday. So now our inquiries are thick and fast and we're quite confident we're going to sell out on this place quite soon. Um, and then you, the UK connection, again, from a wine perspective, you've got an outlet, which sounds very grand, um, in the UK as well. Yeah, so what happened is, like I say, I almost said it was like I um, that nursery rhyme, I swallowed the spider to catch the fly, and I had to, it took me down this different journey. I can anyway, recite the I entire can... thing. Be very careful. If you get me started, I'll, I'll recite the entire thing. But carry on. Um. It started with, um, in 2017, following this, is I purchased a golf course in um, West Sussex in England, and I have planted vineyards on that and created a cellar door experience for Benguela Cove there, and as an outlet for our wines. Um, a, two years later, I acquired Lenners Lee Lakes and Gardens, which is an historical garden, very similar to Kirsten Bosch. Um, and within, the, it had been neglected for over 10 years. It was like a lost garden, um, one of the most beautiful woodland gardens there are. Um, it hadn't been open to the public for 10 years. And I've reopened it to the public. I, again, in my promotion of Benguela Cove, I'd opened a fine dining restaurant in Somerset West. And I'd been, had a wonderful chef called Jean Dalport who was working for me there. And when I found Leonardsley, I came back to South Africa and I said to John, you've been overlooked all this time. Eat out, I've never recognised you. Come with me to Leonardsley and you'll get a Michelin star, which was his dream. And he got one within six months oh, of us. Open. Wonderful. So, <laughs> so no, we got it, that too. It's an incredible story. Where's Where's home, Penny? I mean, you know, you've you've lived here, you've lived there, you've lived in between. You've got assets on both sides of the continent. I mean, where, where is home? Benguela Cove, um, that's my home. So I live here full time. Um, and and plans for further investment? Dare I suggest that you, know, <laughs> you seem to be a sucker for a tough deal? Um, could we expect more? I've got I've got my hands full, pretty much. Um, you know, all of these businesses have got enormous potential. Um, you mentioned um, a hotel at Benguela Cove. There isn't one here at the moment. It's in the process of being developed. So that oh, we right. hope to, you know, get done in the next couple of years. Um, and, you know, I think all of these things, there's just so many different paths that it's taking me on. So it's a really exciting time. And, you know, I've got the energy to just, I don't know, just keep running with everything. I enjoy it. The bit you didn't tell us is that you were a dropout. You dropped out of Alberton High School. You didn't get your matric. <laughs> That's correct. I left in standard eight to their shock. Astonishing. Zebang, thank you for that little heads up. Twitter's a wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> Penny Streeter, thank you for sharing your incredible story with us this evening. I'm all goosebumpy. I don't often get goosebumpy unless oh, it's a scary thanks, movie. Ruth. But th this is a happy story and it's a great story. And uh, I'm delighted that you have made these investments in South Africa. And I mean, what a, an amazing roller coaster journey. What is possible? Penny Streeter, OBE, the remarkable tale of the woman who <laughs> dropped out of school in Standard 8, that's grade 10, 
in modern terms, um, and um, has created a massive enterprise in the United Kingdom, enabling her to do amazing things in South Africa.